good song. Let's pray together. Our fathers, we come before you. We come before you humbly. We come before you with reverence for you, our God. Reverence because you are worthy. Not only are you worthy of our songs, not only are you worthy of our attendance, but you're worthy of our attention. So, Lord, we bring you our attention this morning with the intent, O oh God, that you speak to us by your spirit. Awaken us to the truth. Show us the Lord Jesus Christ today. We pray we ask in his name. Amen. Have you ever known someone that seems like they just have it all together? They can do anything. Have you ever met somebody who you feel like, and it doesn't matter what they do, they do it well. There's a term for that. Anybody know it? No matter what they can do, they can do it well. It's called a renaissance man or renaissance woman. But a renaissance man got the, the name from that great time period known as the renaissance where the arts were, were bubbling up and where thinking had become an art, if you will. Where literature was, was celebrated and where skill was valued. You can remember one of the greats of the Renaissance period, and his name was Leonardo what? Da Vinci. And of course you know he has some famous works, one of them being the what? That, that painting of the lady? The Mona Lisa, right? He also had a painting of the Last Supper, things that are celebrated even today. And thousands of people every day go and see and they, they travel just to see that painting. There she is. The Mona Lisa. Well, did you know that wasn't the only thing that da Vinci did? And the only thing that he did well. Leonardo da Vinci was also a very accomplished inventor. With, with thinking, he came up with the idea of the parachute. Not only the parachute, but the clock and the gears of a running time system. Not only that, but the self-propelled cart and the armored car. Leonardo da Vinci took his thinking to the next level. And it was an art. It was a gift given to him. And oh, the painting of that last supper. Using his skill and his creativity to glorify and honor his Lord, Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible today, I'm inviting you to open up to the book of Daniel. Daniel. In Hebrew, that name means what? God is my what? God is my judge. Thank you. God is my judge. And as we study the book of Daniel... Uh, we're seeing things of Daniel is in a culture that is not his own. Daniel has showed up and been shipped off to a place 
in the first wave of exiles into a foreign land to learn a foreign way. He's he's there to be brainwashed and reprogrammed into a new system and a new worldview. Daniel has been put in the place of of somewhere where, where we hope we never be. Being brought to a place where everything we know is out the window. Or is it? And this is where Daniel will shine. And the Lord will use him to do some incredible things that we talk about today. As you're turning to Daniel chapter 1, we'll begin in verse 17. Let me read to you uh, our verse of the year. This year we're celebrating together in 2022. The fact that we're coming together, we're coming out of the COVID crazies, and we're coming back together to be a church on mission for God's work. Let me read to you from 1 John chapter 5, uh, 1, verse 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is what, church? God is light, and in him there is no what? No darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship, koinonia, togetherness with him while we walk in darkness, what are we doing, church? We're lying and we're not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship, koinonia, with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise the Lord. Amen. Last week we left off with the test and Daniel uh, asked the steward over them to allow them a different diet. And that different diet proved to be something of a miracle because the diet was, was they went to vegetables and water, which, which doesn't lead to the conclusions that we saw happening. And so God miraculously worked this, this happening through Daniel uh, and his people to be able to prove that God's way can overcome even the best and wisest, if you will, way of the world. The most powerful man in the world, and especially in that where he was, the the despot that he was, Nebuchadnezzar. He had all of the resources and had picked something, and God said, my way is better. Now, remember that context, because that's going to play in this week. Remember that context. God's way is better. Let me read to you. I'm going to read to you 17 through 21 all in one block this morning. So please pay attention. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, and how long was that time we talked about last week? Three years. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs, brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them was none found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. That means they made it into his presence, into his court. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them, what? Ten times better. Now remember what I told you. 
what God does, he does better. And here we're seeing not only better, but ten times better than all of the magicians and enchanters that were, that were all in his kingdom, or in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Ten times better. Even a pagan king recognized something about these four young men that was ten times better than what he had. Now, let me remind you, what was the plan for Daniel and his friends? They were going to be what? Reprogrammed. Remember? And because they weren't, they were ten times better than what the king had. When God does it, God does it right. Now, as I'm studying this week, I've, you know, I really, really enjoyed this week. And I focused in on, on the words that stuck out to me this week. And, and the words that, that stuck out to me this week were wisdom and understanding. And if you see it here uh, in verse 20 even, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding. Go back one first for me, if you will, Craig. Thank you. In every matter of wisdom and understanding. And, and I have shared this uh, a, a little bit with the youth. So, guys, y'all, this is going to be a little bit of a review for y'all. But y'all are going to like it. Um, and I don't know if y'all remember. You might. The Hebrew word for wisdom is a special word. Any of y'all remember what it was? Chokmah. <sighs> yes. Very nice. Very good. Chokmah. It's one of those throat words because Hebrew is one of those hockey hawk words. But the word is chokmah, and, and I'll do my best not to repeat it a thousand times to you, but this word has a very special meaning to it, chokmah. Now, in English, we translate it most of the time as the word what? Wisdom. As that word wisdom. When we think of wisdom, what do you think about? When you think of the word wisdom, you want to make good what? Decisions, right? Most people, uh, my son prays for wisdom a lot. Pray for wisdom. I want to be able to make wise decisions. And, and that's, that is good. But it's, it's not complete. So the, the Hebrew idea of chokmah is, is more than just being able to make good decisions. Because what we can do is we can say, all right, you remember those guys that came to visit Jesus when he was a baby? What do we call those guys? The what? The wise men, or the wise guys, depending on what you call them. But you call them the wise men. What were they wise in? Godless religion. Astrology, most people believe, right? Unless you see the church sign that says, wise men still seek Jesus, right? Wisdom can, be, can, can reveal itself in many different ways. We can have wise financial advisors, and their intention is to get you to a place where you can invest your money well. You can have someone who is wise in painting, or we would call that not, not so much wise in painting. What would we call Leonardo? He was a what kind of painter? A skilled painter. Same word, chokhmah. Skilled painter. And we'll see in the scripture how that fits in. 
The idea of chokhmah is, is much more than just making a good decision. The idea of chokhmah is the, the fullness of everything that has ever been made and created is stitched together, is brought together by this theme of chokhmah. And let me break that down for you. So let me give you a, a, a small definition. And then I'm going to use the scripture this morning to, to kind of break down the idea of what was the wisdom and the understanding that Daniel and his friends had. And then why does that apply to us today? That's my game plan for today. All right. Chokhmah. Uh, let me give you a quick definition that after reading several dictionaries and working through things, uh, here's what I've, I've put down for you. It is a moral law of the universe with cause and effect results, and it is a thread through all skillful and good things. So the reason why we love da Vinci's painting is because he did it in a way in which he knew how to bring everything together to be good. Does that make sense? And I know that word good is way overused, right, Allison? It's one of those banned words, probably good on the, the list that you're supposed to use of descriptive words. But there is a, a meaning of the word good. It's in, in Hebrew, it's tov, T-O-V, but God used it. Remember when he created everything? He created man and he said it is it's good. And then he said it's not good that he's alone. But he, all the things that God created every day, it was good. So that word is there is a goodness in the way that God ordered things together. I'm going to separate light from darkness. That's good. I'm going to separate the waters from the land. That's good. I'm going to create creatures that crawl and creatures that fly. That's what? It's good. And that is chokhmah. It's knowing why it's good and doing the things that are good because we can see it with our eyes and say it is good that we have concrete and wood together the way that we do because we have a building now that we can worship in. Chokhmah. That is good. It is skill. Let me give you a few illustrations of this, if I may. Going back to creation. Y'all with me this morning? Chokhmah. Proverbs 8.27. And this is in the context, but this is speaking of chokhmah. I wisdom was there, he says earlier. I wisdom, our I chokhmah was there. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew the circle on the face of the deep, I was there. Look in verse 30. Then I was beside him like a what? Like a... Master workman, like a skilled workman, Chokhmah was there. I was his daily, I was daily his delight, and it was good, right? The, the, the delight. Oh, this is good. Rejoicing before him always. This idea that there is a goodness to the skill and creation and making good crafting decisions. Let me give you another illustration of this idea. Exodus 28, verse 3. You shall speak to all of the chokhmah. You shall speak to all of the skillful, all whom, uh, let me, all the, uh, uh, let me start that over. You shall speak to all of the chokhmah, 
whom I have filled with my spirit. You see it there, Mike? Where are you, Mike? We talked about this morning. Who I'm spilled with my spirit of skill, of chokmah, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. In other words, I'm going to fill people with my spirit and my chokmah, my skill, my wisdom, my craftiness. Again, in Exodus 31, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with chokmah and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for settings, in carving wood, to work in every craft. But chokmah is not merely the artisan crafter. I mean, you can go, I can, I can see, we were looking at this this morning, this beautiful podium. And somebody looked and goes, oh, this was crafted in 2009. Now, I don't know if any of y'all have ever come and looked at this, but one of our own church members built and designed this. Isn't it beautiful? The way that it's crafted together, it's got a moving piece here on the front. The wood, and it, if you haven't seen it, come take a look. This is chokmah. But it's not merely being able to craft things. That's, that's not the fullness of chokmah. But I want you to know it's bigger than just being able to make a good decision. It's a skill. It's an art of being able to function in, in the world we were created in to do what what God would have us to do. So let me keep going. Think about it this way. Romans 8, 28. One of my favorite verses. Chick, I, I, know, I hope you're listening. Romans 8, 28. And y'all read this with me out loud, if you will. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those who, are, who love God. Those who love God those called according to his purpose, all things are working together for good. In other words, there is a master plan that God, the ultimate God of Chokmah, is working everything together for a purpose. And what is that purpose? We'll talk about that more in a moment. Let me read to you more from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8. Hear this. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Or I, chokmah, dwell with prudence. And I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. Chokmah is the ability to know the things to hate. There are things we need to hate. In fact, the Bible tells us to do so. Verse 14, I have counsel and sound wisdom, chokmah. I have insight, I have strength. By me kings reign, and rulers decree what is just, chokmah. By me princes rule and nobles all govern justly. It's a right way of ordering justice together when you are chokmah. I love those who love me 
and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I, Chochmah, walk in the way of righteousness in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. When you walk in the way of Chochmah, you are able to navigate life appropriately, properly. You, know, you think about it, you drive a car, a lot of you drive a car. What happens if you drive that car in places you're not supposed to drive it? Well, then you've got to call Jeff and his big truck to tow you out of the ditch probably, right? Or his van maybe, tow you out of the ditch. When you navigate along the paths that you are supposed to, that's when things go right. That's chokhmah. For my family, life is better when you what? When you do the right thing. And we can change. Life is better when you chokhmah. Let me keep reading um, from Proverbs 8, continuing on in verse 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be chokhmah, be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. God has created this world. And he has instituted laws such as gravity, thermodynamics, uh, laws of that, that we haven't even figured out yet. All of these things God has ordered and put together in a way that works in a brilliantly skilled fashion. Look, if you don't, for instance, another proverb says, look to the what, you sluggard. Look to the what, what creature. What is it? A little bitty creature. Look to the what? Look to the ant. You sluggard. God calls us to look at this amazing creature who is a hundred times stronger than any human being could be for its weight and size. And God made that. And he said, I designed that ant's body to be able to lift buildings and vehicles up. As it were. Look what I did. Chokhmah. Beautiful. But, 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 but. But. Chokhmah can be counterfeited as well. Let me spend a moment. There is counterfeit Chokhmah. And if you've read the Bible enough, you, you are familiar with this. 1 Corinthians 1 speaks about it. I, sh I should have put the references in here. I didn't. 1 Corinthians 1 speaks about a wisdom of the world. And in fact, I think I may have it later. But listen. Do you remember back to the garden scene, right? Genesis chapter 3. Everything is hunky-dory. And then the serpent comes. 
And he offers something to Adam and Eve. What does he offer to them? Yes, fruit. But what what does it represent? What is it? Yes. Don't you want to be like God? Knowing good and evil? But he offered it to them in a way that did what? That usurped God's good design. Right? He offered it to them in a way that was was not appropriate. God had given them everything they needed. But but look, he's keeping this back from you. In Isaiah chapter 47, verse 10 and 11, it says like this. The Lord's speaking here. And he says, you felt secure in your wickedness. Speaking to, I think he's speaking to Babylon here. You felt secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray. Your chokmah and your knowledge led you astray. And you said in your heart, I am and there is no one besides me, but evil shall come upon you. Counterfeit wisdom brought them to a place of pride and arrogance. I am. I'm taking the place now of God. But evil, God says, shall come upon you. There is a false sense. It's a counterfeit. If you studied the book of Revelation, you know about the, the Antichrist idea. You study First John, I should say. It's in there. The spirit of Antichrist. Revelation is the beast. You say that. And these beasts come as, as false saviors. In First John, it's the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is, is anything against Christ that sets itself up to be a savior. Chokmah is, is like that. There is a wisdom of this world in which we take pieces of God's chokmah and we say, look, this is fantastic. Look at what this is. But it's a counterfeit because you're taking God out of it and saying, we love this idea, but we don't love the God that made this idea. You see it? It's a counterfeit chokmah because you can't. What does the Bible say? The fear of the what? Lord is the beginning of. Say it with me. Chokmah. <laughs> you, you, you can't divorce the Lord from his skill and, and the way that he works things. And that's what the serpent, that's what the devil did in the garden. He divorced Knowing good and evil from the God who had given that gift to them. So there can be a false chokmah. There can be a counterfeit chokmah, if you will. And we see that all the time, y'all. In our culture today. For instance, sexuality is one that's a big one in our culture today. Of who? Male and female. Marriage. Well, we, we kind of like the idea, but we don't like the God part. We don't like the fact that God designed men and women this way. Or that God designed marriage this way. So we'll call it marriage. But we don't like the way that God defines it. It's a, it's a counterfeit. And these counterfeits are 
everywhere. They're everywhere. You look for them. Use chokhmah to know the difference. Ultimately, ultimately, the fulfillment of chokhmah is not in a painting or a parachute, an armored vehicle, Da Vinci also designed bridge designs. It's not in that. Let, let me read to you from Isaiah, once again, chapter 11. There shall, come forth, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Uh, any of y'all ever cut down a tree or cut a big limb off of a tree? We do it out here. Uh, my neighbor last year, a uh, hurricane came, tree limb fell on her house. We cut the big thing off. And, and I'm, I'm talking to her Saturday. I was like, golly, that tree is like it's growing back. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, we need to get rid of it. A shoot grows out where you cut it. She said, man, I hope the tree dies. Like, yeah, it's not going to die. That thing is, is rolling. A shoot grew up. So this is the idea here. As things are cut down, Isaiah is saying it's going to be so bad. Babylon's going to come. It's going to be terrible. They're going to make the land destitute. The trees are going to be felled. But, but Isaiah offers this hope. When the tree is cut and all that remains is the stump, guess what happens? There shall come forth a shoot. Here it comes. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And a branch from its roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Oh, y'all, it's getting good. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Remember when we saw the spirit of the Lord earlier in the Bible in Genesis chapter one? What was the spirit of the Lord doing? Hovering over the waters. And now the Spirit of the Lord is resting upon him. Remember that baptism that happened to Jesus, Matthew 4? What happens? The Spirit of the Lord rests upon Jesus. The Spirit of God, as if to say to us, here we go again. I am making something new. And the branches from his roots shall bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of and it's the same two words used in Daniel. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? Ultimately, what we find here is that all working together, God's design of creation, of the fall, the Tower of Babel, the flood, Abraham, the covenant, the promise made to Abraham, has all found its fulfillment. And all of the skill and artistry and design and the master plan of everything coming together ultimately comes 
to a man. But not just any man, a God-man named Jesus Christ the Lord. And this is why I believe that all of creation centers around what the Bible calls in Colossians chapter 1, the preeminent Son of God, Jesus Christ. Right, Ash? Preeminent Son of God, Jesus Christ. Because it all, the whole idea of Hohmah wraps around Jesus Christ. And when you take Him out, you have some good things. Sort of. When you let everything that is made and known find its fulfillment, as the Bible says, all of God's promises find their yes and amen in Jesus Christ, that is when it is all beautiful and right and truly tov, good. And I believe this is why Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter 11, Ends the 11th chapter with this. He talks 11 chapters of doctrine. This is what salvation is. This is who is saved. This is how they're saved. This is why they need salvation. All of these things he he preaches about for 11 full chapters. And then he ends it with this. Oh, the depths of riches and chokhmah and knowledge of God. And there it's Sophia. The Greek word. But oh, the depths and riches and, and hohmah and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable are his ways. It all comes together and Paul is blown away. At the work of God. Christian, are you blown away at the work of God? Amazing. And it finds its fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ lived perfectly. Because he died perfectly. Because he was buried and because he rose from the dead. So. What does that mean? Here's what it means. And here's what, why we as a church are gathered. And if you're not a Christian, may I, um, may I offer you this. If you're visiting with us. Or maybe you've been in church your whole life. You just have never put it all together. Let let me give you this. God made every molecule on this planet. Every atom. Every part of the atom. In order to proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord. And everyone who's created, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And all of these things are working together for those who love God for good toward one singular purpose. And that is to honor and glorify our God. If you have not repented of your sin. And confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. You have missed the point of everything that has been made or happened for 6,000 years. And I don't say that to be ugly or to be pretentious. I say that to say what the Bible points to is that Jesus Christ is the preeminent center, the firstborn of all creation, the center of it all. And if you miss Jesus, you've missed it all. 
You've missed the whole point of it. And you're getting residue of chokhmah. You're getting a counterfeit chokhmah. You're not getting the real thing. So I offer you this morning that God has created all of heaven and earth to present to you his son, Jesus Christ. For those who reject Jesus or make no decision or put Jesus off, God has created a place called hell. And what Jesus told us was that those who do not know him will be cast into the lake of fire. But for all who do embrace Jesus, who are willing to recognize his lordship, to repent of their sin and live a life of obedience toward him, he has given the right to become children of God and to live in the, the new creation, if you will, the, the redeemed heaven and earth for all eternity, to forever rejoice in the chokhmah of creation without the fall. Wisdom begins with the fear of God and learning to live and to do Eden-like tasks and spread Eden or the kingdom of God as it's called in the new covenant and spread the kingdom of God to the rest of the world. Adam and Eve failed at this endeavor, but Jesus Christ did not. And he has come to create a new kingdom that is rightly ordered under Hochmah, rightly created and rightly displaying who God is. I have expired my time this morning. I have so much more to share. Maybe another day. But let me close with this verse. It's Psalms 90. Psalm 90 verse 12. And it says this. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of chokhmah. So teach us to number our days. Perspective is what allows you to see clearly the handiwork of God. The chokhmah of God. You can see beauty in an ant. You can see beauty in a dolphin jumping out of the water. You can see beauty in the snow-capped mountains. You can see beauty in architecture or the Mona Lisa. But without the perspective that all things are working as an expression of God's chokhmah, you have missed the point of it all. Let me say that in a little different way in spiritual terms. You can enjoy catching speckled trout. You can enjoy a day at the camp or LSU football. You can enjoy your family, your friends, and Facebook. But if you miss the expression that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that He is worthy of your ultimate attention and devotion, you have missed it all. Because the ultimate work of God, the ultimate expression of God is in His Son. And if we reject him, we've rejected it all. All we have is residue.
Will you come repent of your sin? Jesus Christ came to save sinners who repent. Will you be saved today? Let's pray. Father, we delight in the chokmah, in what you have created, what you have made, the skill of the author of who you are. God, but it is nothing apart from the revelation of your son, Jesus Christ, whom we delight in. So, Father, we worship you. We lift up the name of Jesus who's worthy. Is he worthy? He is. God, we give you glory and honor. Lord, save souls this morning. Draw people unto repentance. Transform lives. God, send your spirit to awaken dead souls unto life. Lord, we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.